0: Hey, 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 what's going on, Podcast Nation? It is Jason Harris here, and thank you for joining me on an episode of Matador Yachtcast. That's right, I said Yachtcast, not podcast. We are here in sunny Tampa, Florida, on a beautiful yacht, where I'm going to interview some amazing
1: guests. Welcome to the Matador Yachtcast. Tune in for everything you need to know to stay in the know regarding the automotive industry. Here's your host, Jason Harris.
0: Here I have the one, the only, the also famous Mr. Russell B. Hill. Russell, what's up? How are you doing?
2: Uh, I'll tell you what, Jason, the Yachtcast. The yacht. I've <laughs> never done anything like it. Not really great. I mean, get to do it. up here on the third balcony right outside of beautiful Tampa for Digital Dealer 2022 and just loving it.
0: This is going yeah. to be a lot of fun, man. This is going to be a lot of fun. Right next to him, I have, uh, let's call him, I'm going to call him the Marketing Jedi. <laughs> All right. And the force is strong with this one. All right, the one and the only, Vasilio Lambos. What's up, Vasilio? How you doing? Yeah, uh, Marketing Jedi. That's, uh, that's a big name to live up to. That's a big name, man. Well, you're going to have to bring it on this episode. We'll bring, we'll bring right. the heat. Then I got the OG. <laughs> I get to call him that because I, I used to work with him, so I get to pick on him a little bit. <laughs> I have the most knowledgeable individual. No, I'm just kidding. I have the one, the only, the also famous George George is with me. Jay,
1: it's always good to be here. I'll
0: try not to pick on you too much, I promise. Well,
1: I, pr- I appreciate that. And, <laughs> and we, you know, at least we have some experts and I can actually ask them some questions because I need to continue to learn about uh, about what we're doing here. But uh, I'm excited to be well, here. Well,
0: we're going to have some really fun conversations today. But hey, before we get into our conversation today, you know I love starting off these podcasts with origin stories because, A, I am always fascinated to find out how people get started in automotive because no one just wakes up one day and goes, hmm. I'm going to go into automotive. So uh, let's start with you, Russell. How did you get started in this crazy little world we call the Uh, automotive industry? Okay,
2: well, you know, (laughs) I I know I really don't look it, but it started in 1968 when Hot Wheels first came on the scene. I fell in love with the red line, Uh, still have some to this day. 1985, I said, you know, I I, got to start. I started selling cars. I've been infatuated with cars really since 1968. Worked my way up to running dealerships, got out of the vendor space, and uh, I mean got got into the vendor space in 2000 and 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 never looked back. So that that's a quick origin story <laughs> that's but awesome. from variable to fixed uh, it's what I do and now it's 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 about marketing and cutting edge technology.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. Basilio how, how in the world did you choose the automotive industry? Well, you know, I think I I, I sometimes say I lucked out. <laughs> I lucked
3: out. <laughs> you know, I I stumbled across yep. this industry through relationship at a, early on my career at Red Ventures. Um, and I consulted a little bit with Hendrick Automotive, um, and decided Hendrick is the type of company I wanted to work for. And it was the industry culture, mm-hmm. people first, you know. And I worked at a pretty, um, you know, it was very competitive marketing environment. And to so switch from that to more of a, you know, an auto group was definitely a shock culture wise. Um, but I fell in love with it, and I said this is an industry that I could be in for forever.
0: Well, I'm glad you stumbled into it. Yeah, yeah so thank- I'm a very. Now, George, Uh-oh. Jay, now, did, so did did um, <laughs> th- there were engines in the cars that you first started working oh with, right? Like barely they weren't <laughs> barely. I know it's horses. Hard to... Horses weren't pulling them, were Despite they? Despite my oh, youthful
1: appearance, Jay, um, I know it's. Uh, I've been in the business a long time, but uh, my story's not that dissimilar from Russell's. Actually, uh, from from the Hot Wheels days. Uh, I mean, I was literally a car nut uh, from a kid. And then I just kind of grew into um, marketing. And my path kind of crossed with automotive when I got hired by an agency Mm -hmm. to uh, start the relationship between, uh, actually, uh, the Ford Motor Company and the Toronto Raptors uh, basketball franchise um, 27, 28 years ago. Um, And they were looking for somebody who understood the sport and was fascinated by cars so really I was green as a Granny Smith Apple back then (laughs) but that's how I kind of got into it and uh, from there uh, pretty much agency uh, background uh, brand side uh, traditional retail uh, all of those experiences capped off with you and I working together for a few years which I thoroughly enjoyed and now, um,
0: he has to say that because we're recording.
1: <laughs> and now, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, working for a holding company and uh, acquiring digital uh, marketing uh, agencies. So I'm, uh, I'm excited trip, by man. it. That's awesome. Thank you.
0: Hey, you know, um, to kind of kick off our conversation today, I mean, you know, we're here. We're, we're together. None of us are wearing a mask. I mean, thank you, Florida. <laughs> <laughs>
1: thank
0: you, Florida. Um, but, but I just think back just the last 24 plus months, it's just so many fundamental changes in the industry, everything from from marketing and from communications to technology usages. I mean, we we were forced to create a buying process and get away from a sales process. We, we were forced to meet the customer where the customer wanted to be met. Just so many fundamental changes. And and I think a lot of those changes now are with marketing and they're, and they're staying now because inventory levels and, and so on and so forth. So I'd like to kind of get your guys' thoughts of, of fundamentally how do you feel like marketing and marketing strategies have changed in the last 24 months. Russell, I'll start with you and I'll work my yeah, way down. Yeah, that's
2: a great question, Jason. I gotta tell you. I don't even know if I can mention the guy's name, so I won't mention him, but he he talked about how technology has evolved from 1922 to 2022, over the last 100 years. And he thought that the next five years that technology would evolve that same 100 years. Uh, My company, we rolled out, fixed stops morning, we rolled out a month before COVID hit and it's just exploded and taken off. Now, these are just my my thoughts, but everything has changed uh, and everything is changing uh, as we actually speak. Um, No more inventory uh... the chip shortage uh... websites are designed i'm all about the marketing side of things you know um, websites are designed for inventory and they don't have inventory uh... they spend very little on the fixed side the average cars over twelve years old what the heck's going on out there in the industry you Mm -hmm. look at these websites and it's like it's it's like 1997 or something like that they, they haven't changed you still have pictures of of scissors clipping out coupons what about social media what about facebook instagram twitter tiktok and all these other avenues uh automation and this is this is i think where we're going we're not even close to the curve on how fast things are moving so buckle up buttercup because here it comes
0: Thank you, Russell. You that was a great answer. Vasilio, for yourself, um, you guys have been doing some, just some really exciting things with, with OTT and Amazon. Um, wh- what do you think has kind of fundamentally changed over the last 24 months?
3: Well, you know, uh, the, the options for dealers mm-hmm. to advertise to a very specific audience has been kind of the cornerstone of the narrative that we've been uh, taking to market. Um, Amazon, I think, is uniquely positioned to do that with Mm -hmm. dealers. They have the second largest repository of vehicle data in the US outside the DMV. So it is a force to be reckoned with. I think dealers, if they learned anything during the pandemic, it was that I could find more efficient and effective channels to market my business. And so aside from maybe wanting to roll back their ad dollars, they were looking in other channels. They were looking to find opportunities to still remain competitive. Because just because the pandemic hit doesn't mean that, you know, dealers are just going to give up and walk away. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I think Amazon, again, uniquely positioned from an audience perspective. um, But there are so many channels today. I'm not saying Amazon's the only channel that dealers should um, be on. We are just a part of the larger media plan uh, and having a, a good media mix. Yes. As I spoke with you in the past, Jason, yes. is super, super important mm-hmm.
0: um, to be successful in today's market. I agree with you. I mean, I think, you know, especially right now uh, with everything that has changed, it's it's the the mix and the message. I think fundamentally is the biggest, uh, uh, I guess, factor to a successful, you know, marketing strategy now hey, for for you, George. You know um, you've you've been this you've, you've been in the business for a while you you've seen how you know recessions have affected us you've you, you've seen you know maybe not uh, shortages but other other factors you know affect how do you think kind of last 24 months has really affected our marketing efforts
1: well it's a great question and and you know the um, dealers have been doing the same thing up until right. the pandemic hit right. for over 100 years mm-hmm. literally yep. uh for that long and I think they the, what the pandemic brought, it, it was actually a necessary change. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: the innovation that has been around, but the hesitation from dealers um, to step into that, the pandemic, if there's one thing that that it created, was the necessary opportunity for them to move. And some people, two years later, are still somewhat reluctant, but I would say the majority have jumped in. Digital retailing is a real thing uh-huh. today. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> and I think with inventory levels, as we've all sort of discussed being a thing, it's an opportunity to try mm-hmm. and and pilot certain things and certain technologies. Um, and I'm gonna go back to what both Russell and Vasilio said, which is, uh, Having a strong, healthy media mix yes. is extremely important. Mm-hmm. You, you, in my opinion, you shouldn't funnel all your dollars in one area. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, dealers have to recognize that their data is a gold mine. And point. in yeah. order to utilize that data properly, um, that's everybody doesn't do it as well as they probably can. So I think that's the, uh, that's the opportunity.
0: No, I agree with you. I mean, I think, you know, over the last 24 months what we've seen is it was a definite understanding of uh, data consciousness. You know, I think dealers have just become more aware of uh, what the possibilities are. You know, when they when they take their own data points and and combine them with, you know, other data points from things like Amazon. And it's like, you know, I put one and one of these together and how powerful how powerful that can be. So that's that's a cool rabbit hole. Let's go let's actually go down a little bit of this of this with the with data and how you know, I I think over the next ten years, you know, that's gonna be the the bigger conversation. You know, when I think of marketing, the last ten years, the conversation's about lead generation. Like that has been the conversation. Like Generate me leads. Generate me leads. Now, thank God, we're actually all beyond that conversation. I feel like now we're actually looking at how many conversations, we can communications, we can actually generate. But you know, I think the <laughs> next ten years is going to be looking at how, you know, our first party data and our third party data, and how we're actually able to use that. So, I'd love to kind of get you guys' thoughts on what is a bit, what's currently, you know, capable, and what you think is going to be coming, you know, in down the pipeline. So, Russell, I'll start with you, and I'll work my way down. You
2: know, that's a great question. I think the um the significant problems and challenges that we face today can't be solved at the same level of thinking used to create them. So there's a huge paradigm shift that's taking place right now on how we interact and what we do with that third-party, first-party data, et cetera, our own database. Think about, uh, I had a CRM company uh, that I was partners in for years, uh, and that was years ago. And I, maybe the numbers change, but the bottom 2% of everybody's database is buying a new or used car every single day. What are you doing with that information? What are you doing with those customers? That the, the mass defection that dealers are waking up now, 36 to 39 months. I mean, it's like, uh, no wonder there's 16 non-franchise entities that surround every franchise dealer. What are we doing? Well, people are starting to wake up and figure it out and ask the same question. What are we doing now? What can we do? And then you got people like up here on this panel that's got uh, tremendous diverse ideas on different ways to go after that, attract, attain, and re-engage those customers.
0: That's awesome. Vasilio, kind of your thoughts, uh, how we use data now, where that's going to be going?
3: Yeah, I think I think it would help for a lot of dealers to, you know, we do a lot, at least from the vendor side, educating and using just the terminology, and mm-hmm. it's like a buzzword now. Unfortunately, uh, like yes. First party, first party, <laughs> first party. And so there's first party data that the dealer owns, right? Is It's in your CRM. You can download it. You can advertise against it. You can create very niche granular strategies around retargeting. And then there's first party data that's available in advertising channels that are made available that are owned by the channel that you advertise in. And so the Amazon, again, use case is they've collected data, whether it's data based on what you're shopping at Whole Foods or data based on what you bought in the last 30 30 days. And you can use that data, activate that data with a very uh, specific campaign and message. And so figuring out, again, making it around which business objective are you trying to accomplish? Is it more sales? Is it ROs? Right, Mm -hmm. And backing into the best possible audience to achieve that objective. And so, how you do that is very important, and that's really where first-party data, third-party data comes to light. And mm-hmm. so, you're, you know, we we do see privacy where we're going. Privacy constraints are making it more difficult for dealers to quickly adjust their media mix to be more efficient. Mm-hmm. And so, Google, Facebook, everybody is struggling to to hold on to that granularity, that level of targeting. And so, programmatic media is really where that excels because you can control the audience whether you're delivering display or OTT who the audience is, is and who, and what ad they're seeing so having that
0: is important and will be, uh, continue to be important in the future to come 100%. I mean, look, it's it's a, it's a lot about just defining what the goal is and then working backwards towards our data to how we're able going to get closer to that. And I, I'm seeing so many more of those conversations happen, right? Like, you know, I feel like the days of just, you know, marketing for the sake of marketing is, is, is almost dead. We're, we're beyond that, right? Yeah. This is no longer a proverbial box I check off. I'm like, I did it. Yay! You know, it's like, no, th- this is a real strategy. We have to identify what that goal is, and we've got to work back towards the data and the technology that's going to help support that. I think that's great. Thanks, Vasilia. Yeah. George, for yourself?
1: So, for me, you know, again, the importance of data is um, in understanding it. It's about the science behind the actual name, phone number, email address um, that comes to mind. It's how you utilize that stuff through tactics. There are several different Mm -hmm. tactics um, that you can execute. Vasilios has named uh, a few, as has Russell, but until you actually dive into your data to understand the science behind it and what people are trying to achieve and accomplish, I, I think just diving into tactics is uh, dangerous or can be dangerous. Yes. And I think, uh, I think a little bit more time in understanding your data and understanding what you're trying to accomplish. Inventory is a challenge right now. Yeah. So are you trying to actually sell cars that you don't have? <laughs> so that's, that's really, uh, you know, the message that I want to get across mm-hmm. with, uh, with data is you really need to understand the, the uh, and then build tactics around that science.
0: Well, I think once we've used these these data to create these audiences, right, when we combine our third party data and our first party data and we and we come out with this just group of people like, yeah, that's who I want to target, I think the message really becomes incredibly important. And that is one thing that I felt has kind of fundamentally changed uh, over the last 24 months is, but look, messages that were being used, you know, before is definitely not the messages that are working today. And even more so because inventory shortage and, and chip shortage. So I'd love to kind of get your guys' thoughts on effective marketing message messaging for right now. Russell, I'll start with you. That's Mark, great. What we
2: do? I'm all about delivering the right message with the right content at the right time with the helicopter right above us. There you go. And uh, making it uh, very easy for that customer to engage they want to engage, the way they want to engage, right? So I, I don't care if they're 18 or 80. There needs to be some medium for every one of those people to be able to interact with those customers. So again, right content, right message, right time, make it easy for them to do what they want to do instead of forcing them down a wormhole or multiple clicks because after the third click, they're done. They're gone. Mm-hmm. That's my short little... <laughs> well, that's, you know. it's, it's,
0: it's a great one. Messaging that gets direct to the point, right. uh, 100%. Basilio, um, you guys must see just a tremendous amount of different types of messages. I'm sure you've seen some that you just make go, oh my gosh, are you kidding me? And then suddenly you're like pleasantly like, oh wow, that was, I didn't even think of that. So where do you think marketing messaging should be heading towards? what does that look like?
3: Well, we definitely wanted to, you know, we exist uh, because we built dynamic products mm-hmm. to improve personalization. That's what we're talking about. Personalization is the ad that is speaking to you, right? at the right moment where they the brand or the business can capture that intent. And so again, it goes back to your your piece on audiences, but when you line up the right audience with the right message and you're dynamically doing that with your budget, you're 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 spending those dollars more effectively. Mm-hmm. And so it's you know less on the shotgun approach of, you know, we buy cars campaigns that you see you know on every street corner <laughs> yes. and more on hey, get your cash offer for your Ford F-150. And we can deliver that level of granularity because we know what car you own. And so you're gonna see more dealers looking for and asking, and this isn't just dealers, this is agents, this is brands all over the place. Mm -hmm. This could be a mortgage company looking to provide you a cash out refi offer so you can go remodel your kitchen. And how will they know that? Because they know that you're looking for products to remodel your kitchen on amazon.com. And so there's, there's a level of granularity in personalization, and, and that's where you see the performance. And we measure that with offline attribution. We can match back sales data to that impression, to that campaign, based on the conversion the user made. And so you can do it today. The technology's there. I mean, it's, an, it's almost a no-brainer, but we're spending a lot of time uh, educating, educating right, and proving out that there is a return on ad spend when you deliver that level of personalization to the consumer. Wow,
0: yeah. well said. Yeah. Very, very well said, yeah. and, and, and 100%. It's not marketing at the consumer, it's marketing to the consumer. Big difference, right? isn't it? Right, and I definitely think that's the evolution of marketing messages. George, I'd love to get your kind of thought as well. Yeah, so
1: I'm gonna continue along the same vein. It's really about one-to-one, mm-hmm. um, and mm-hmm. speaking directly to your, the the thing that I will add is authenticity. And if the message is not authentic, um, a consumer will uh, walk away because um, they know when you're being or they're being sold to. They they need to understand that you heard them. And your marketing message is actually hitting them with the right um, notes. That that they need resonates with them. Yes, that it actually resonates, yes. so that they can actually go down that next step mm-hmm. uh, with you. So that's, in my opinion, I think we've all kind of shared the <laughs> one-to-one message, and then and then again, it's got to be authentic. It's got to be. That is be definitely truthful.
0: the evolution of of marketing masters. I agree with all you guys. Hey guys, I know we're getting towards the tail end of our time today, so I got time to ask one more question. Um, you know, we're, look, we're, we're here in Tampa at Digital Dealer Conference, we're literally going on right behind us. There's a lot of new and exciting things that I, I think are being talked about right now. You know, I was excited to hear, you know, large discussions around GA4 analytics. Uh, I'm hearing a lot of discussions around processing our way to profitability. Um, and I'm hearing other discussions around new revenue streams that didn't even exist for the dealerships and how can we build out new revenue. So I just like to kind of get, you know, from each one of you, you know, w- what is new and exciting that, that you're, you're like, yes, this is awesome. Russell, I'll start with you, and then George, I'll finish you off.
2: Well, I need 30 minutes on that one. (laughs) No, I mean, there's really a lot of great stuff. There really is. And I think that all of us are here for that reason, you know, to either convey, educate, and help people understand and think outside the box, but also to find some uh, new and cutting-edge stuff that not only exists right now, but it's just right around the corner. And when I mentioned earlier about a paradigm shift, I meant that. Everything is changing on how we interact, act. Uh, and uh, uh, work with our customers today how we deliver the message what kind of message that is just like everybody on this panel has been talking about so I I think that technology is moving real fast and that the people are here um, uh, don't have content prior to investigation they're here checking it out might be a little scary it's new but hey uh, uh, Life begins at the edge of your comfort zone. So the people out that's here so are at the edge of their comfort zones, taking a look and listening to all this stuff that's being talked about because they know it's the future and it's moving fast.
0: 100%. Great. Let's see for you. What, what gets you excited, man? <laughs> I'm excited about
3: collaboration. Ooh. You know, and George made a comment on digital retailing. It's accessible today. Whether you're an agency, digital retail company, a chat vendor whatever it may be, you touch a part of that buyer journey, that, that, that funnel, yes, right? And so at all aspects of the funnel, whether it's brand awareness into consideration and conversion, there are vendors who can partner cl- more closely in today's market. Mm-hmm. So you're gonna see a lot of consolidation. Um, we, we talk to a lot of agencies and we're learning very quickly that we have to be a different partner for different, for different types of technology mm-hmm for different types of businesses. And so dealers should be open, I'll end it with, for the dealer who we are talking to right at this event, be more open to having multiple conversations with multiple partners that they're working with because there is no one partner that could achieve your goal. Uh, and that's that's what I'm excited about. I'm really excited yeah, about collaboration. that collaboration I think it's going to be big
0: you know and I've seen a lot more of that in the last couple of years I really have you know the last last definitely the last handful of events that we've gone to I'm seeing more and more of that's awesome. hey George for you what, what gets you excited?
1: So the industry continues to excite me all the time because it's forever evolving and changing and again we, we started off by saying it the pandemic has kind of forced that change. I'm actually here to learn there's a ton of new technology. Uh, out here um, that's going to be relevant for dealerships uh, to help increase their uh, sales in every department. Because ultimately, while inventory challenges are low, let's fill up the service bays, let's fill up other uh, areas, the F&I departments, like let's sell warranties. People are staying in their cars longer. Mm -hmm. The innovation that's here at Digital Dealer um, today is remarkable with what's out and available so again i'm here to learn i'm here to partner i'm here to talk to people like russell and vasilios so that we can partner and uh, create a better create better opportunities for our dealership partners
0: absolutely yeah now hey, look there's a lot of new exciting things going on guys uh, thank you so much for taking the time to jam with me today this has been a
1: lot of fun Thanks, thank Jason. you Jay. thank you very thank much you. Jason. thank you guys thank, yeah, appreciate thanks. it Thanks for tuning in to the Matador Yachtcast with your host Jason Harris. Don't want to miss new content be sure to check out the full podcast library at matador.ai to stay in the know. Remember to like comment and subscribe. Happy podcasting.